This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky, and I'm your host here at the Hockey Hotbed, and we have a good episode for you guys today. It is Christmas week, so we're going to be talking about some positives, but there's also some negatives as well. We're going to start this episode off with a coast-to-coast segment where we talk about the biggest storylines across the National Hockey League, and this being the Tuesday episode of the Hockey Hotbed, we'll cover everything that happened over the weekend across the National Hockey League. And then for the end of the show, the last two segments, we're going to talk about some teams on winning streaks. There are currently four teams in the National Hockey League that have a winning streak actively more at five games or more. I shouldn't say more than five games, but at five games or more, there are four teams. We will break down each of those teams' winning streaks and talk a little bit about which of these teams are winning streaks that are going to continue to provide success in their franchise and which of them might flame out after the winning streak is over. But first and foremost, let's start out with Coast to Coast. And we have to start out with the biggest news of the weekend and the biggest news of the National Hockey League and the biggest news of the entire world, sports world, whole world, everything is obviously the COVID-19 pandemic. We've been dealing with it since the beginning of 2020. We're still dealing with it. It's getting worse once again with the emergence of the Omicron variant. And we've talked about it on the last couple of episodes of the Hockey Hotbed because It is something that is ever-present. It is something that is the lead story in the National Hockey League. Of course, last week, now there's over 100 players across the National Hockey League that are on the NHL's COVID-19 list. And the NHL finally came out with some news on Sunday in response to all of these COVID shutdowns. It has postponed all cross-border games until after the Christmas break. The National Hockey League, of course, had games scheduled up until... December, I believe it's 23rd, Thursday, December 23rd. And then they had the whole weekend off. The games following that would start December 27th on Monday. But most of those games, any game that is from a Canadian team versus an American team has been canceled. Plus, seven teams across the National Hockey League have been completely shut down. They will be playing no games between now and next Monday. Those teams are the Detroit Red Wings. The Toronto Maple Leafs, the Boston Bruins, the Nashville Predators, the Calgary Flames, the Colorado Avalanche, and the Florida Panthers. All of them, of course, devastated over 50% of their rosters, testing positive for COVID-19. The league, however, instead of just canceling the whole schedule, they will be playing games. There's going to be a handful of games each day leading up to the Christmas break for the National Hockey League. They decided they want to keep continuing games amongst teams that aren't hit as hard by the COVID-19 pandemic and also teams that are playing in the same country, basically. They don't want to deal with the border travel as of right now, especially this close to Christmas. So they decided that due to the reason that there is a low percentage of players that are testing positive and not having serious symptoms and not getting sick. So while there is a high percentage of the National Hockey League that is testing positive for COVID-19, that is COVID-19 positive, 
most of those players are not showing symptoms or are not severely sick. So they're not being debilitated by the COVID-19 virus. So the NHL trying to push through, trying to get through their schedule a little bit more. But the more you see stuff like this, the more you have to think that it's probably likely that the NHL will not be going to the Olympics in 2022. I know that is a very minor significance compared to dealing with a pandemic, which is the way we should all be looking at this. But it seems as if with this many games getting canceled, and this is only up until Christmas break. That's only a week. If we come back, there could still be more cancellations. Teams could not be on the right side of these things, and there could be more cancellations coming down the pike. But as of right now, that's where we stand. No cross-country matchups in the NHL for another week, and also no matchups for any of those seven teams that I already mentioned that are shut down due to the COVID-19 pandemic for a week as well. But, I mean, you'll look at the way that they've handled this. There's always going to be questions. We have to see if this works out. You hope for the best for all the players, all the coaches, all the staff members that are currently under the COVID-19 protocol because they've tested positive. It's nice to hear that not a lot of them have had serious conditions, serious symptoms, and you just hope for that to continue. You hope everybody stays healthy and that nobody gets seriously sick or even worse dies from this disease. But that's obviously the huge news that came across the wire over the weekend. A couple other big stories, but don't really touch the COVID-19 story. Paul Maurice on Friday, of course, like 10 minutes after my episode airs, he decides that he's going to resign as head coach of the Winnipeg Jets after nine seasons there. Oh, this was at least his ninth season as head coach of the Jets. Paul Maurice has stepped away from the organization and in a very strange manner because not often do you see a head coach just sit there and say, this team is much better than what they've shown, and that's on me. And I'm going to step away because I think that's going to be what's best for the team. Not often do you see a guy do that. Now, Paul Maurice is regarded as one of the best coaches in the National Hockey League. There's a reason that he was with the Jets for nine seasons. I mean, he was one of the longest tenured coaches actively in the National Hockey League. And when you look at the success of a head coach in the NHL now, it, it's a lot of it's based on tenure. You know, it's hard to keep a job in the National Hockey League at this point. If there's not success right away or in the first couple of years, the pressure really gets on and a lot of people lose their jobs. But Paul Maurice has been able to coach the Winnipeg Jets to a lot of successful seasons, especially in the last five years. They're a successful team. They're a good team. And the way that they're constructed right now, I've mentioned several times, this is my dark horse pick to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. I don't know, with Paul Maurice not there, from what he said, and he said it several times in that news conference on Friday afternoon, he said they need a new voice and that sometimes you can only take a team so far as a head coach. And he feels that he has taken them as far as they can go. He feels that they are much better than what they are showing. He feels that they are a very, very talented, very good hockey team, but he doesn't feel like he's the guy to get it out of them. He also talked about the fact that he hasn't lost the locker room. They still have the buy-in, he does, from, from the entire organization, from the Winnipeg Jets players, but he just doesn't think that he's the guy to get them over the hill. So in his absence, assistant coach Dave Lowry will take over for the rest of the season. I don't know how much of a different voice that can be when the guy was already in the room, the guy sees how the head coach has kind of led this team. So he knows what they've been doing. He knows the players. There's a relationship there between Lowry and the Winnipeg Jets. Will that voice be enough to take him to the next level? You look, and I've mentioned it several times, three of the last four years, the Winnipeg Jets were knocked out by a team that went 
on to play in the Stanley Cup final. Is this move, is Paul Maurice stepping away from the organization, the move that will push them over the edge and maybe get them past that really good team, maybe get them into the Stanley Cup final? Is this the move that gets them a Stanley Cup championship this year? They have a really good roster. They have a very, very highly skilled forward core that's going to be able to score goals once we get to the postseason. They're guys that thrive in postseason play. You look at P.L. Dubois, he's built for the playoffs. You look at Blake Wheeler, although he has struggled and now he's dealing with an injury, he's a guy that's kind of built for the playoffs. We've seen Nikolai Ehlers, we've seen Andrew Kopp, we've seen Kyle Connor all perform in the postseason. And then you have the goaltending to do it as well with Connor Hellybuck. You just need that defense to play a little bit better. I think that is still their biggest Achilles heel is especially the depth of defense and the way that they're able to protect their own net front. But we'll see. I completely agree with Paul Maurice. This is a very good hockey team. Do they have a chance to go to the Stanley Cup final? I don't think I would put them with the favorites. That's why I say they're my dark horse. But a very interesting decision by Paul Maurice. And obviously, he's a great head coach. I'm sure if he wants to, some other organization would love to have him as their head coach going forward. We all know that the NHL recycles head coaches like no other, right? I mean, there's it's the brotherhood, which people have mentioned. It's the boys club, as people have called it. But Paul Maurice, if he wants another job, he's going to get another job in the National Hockey League. Just so weird to see a guy step away in the fashion that he did. Just basically saying, I'm not cutting it. I'm taking myself out of the equation. You never really see that. I mean, you kind of had that with Jim Rutherford as the general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins in early 2021. But he didn't give a reason. We don't know why Jim Rutherford left. Paul Maurice came out and stated, he said, I'm not getting the job done and they need a new voice. And that is why he stepped away as head coach of the Winnipeg Jets. So kudos to Paul Maurice. You know, uh, the mark of a good head coach is knowing what your team needs and being able to do something about it. Well, he thinks the team needs a new voice. He did something about it. He's out of Winnipeg. Crazy story. Crazy story. And again, I wish I would have been able to get that on the Friday episode where it was a little bit more timely, but I'm glad I got to talk about it here on Tuesday. The only other story from over the weekend that I want to discuss, and it is now starting to become a pattern. You know, one is, I don't even remember what what the saying is, but it's like one is an accident, two is something, three is a pattern. Well, this has happened now three or four times in the past two weeks as we've seen an NHL player get stretchered off the ice. We never want to see that, let alone this much happening in a short period of time. The latest incident involved Tanner Caro of the Dallas Stars. He was hit trying to make a breakout by Chicago Blackhawks forward Brett Connolly during Saturday's game. He was immediately, it looked like, out out of consciousness. It was an ugly hit. If you want to see it, look it up. I'm not really going to talk too much about what it was. It wasn't an inherently dirty play, but it's just easily interference. Tanner Caro never even touched the puck. It was outletted to him, it rung around the boards. He wasn't going to touch the puck, and Brett Connolly collided with him. And the NHL has suspended Brett Connolly for four games, not saying that he meant to go in there and hit him, not saying that he inherently tried to create force in a body check, but the collision itself is dangerous, and that is why Brett Connolly will be suspended for four games. Tanner Caro was taken to the hospital. Shortly after, we learned that he had regained consciousness, and we hope for him, all of, obviously, all of the best to him. And it's something that, when I talked about these hits, when it was the Rangers defenseman, 
for some reason, Jacob Truba. I couldn't remember the name for a second. When it was Jacob Truba, they were more borderline hits than this, and he wasn't suspended. But I think it's also because of the fact that it was a play that was made with the puck. I think that might be the chief def- difference between those hits and this one on Tanner Carroll because he, he never possessed the puck. He never had the puck. It never even touched his stick. And it wasn't particularly close to them. I mean, he was within five feet, but there was no way he was going to make a play on that puck when Connolly hit him. So you obviously hope for the best. Connolly, even both sides of it, came out and said that Connolly is not a he's not a dirty player. He didn't mean to hurt Tanner Caro, but it is just what happens in the game. And the penalty was a game misconduct, and now four games suspended because you have to be under control in that kind of situation of your body and know that you have a guy in a vulnerable position. And we have to stop seeing this. We have to stop seeing players get stretched off. We have to stop seeing players injured in that fashion. Three people in the past two weeks, basically, have been in this position. And it's something that you don't want to ever see, let alone, again, like I mentioned, you don't want to see it this often at all. And then, of course, you know, Joe Pavelski's emotional postgame press conference. I mean, there's a guy that I would love to play with. There's a guy that I would love to have on my team. If I'm a general manager or a head coach, this guy has always really worn his heart on his sleeve. Everybody's always said that Joe Pavelski is a tremendous leader, former captain of the San Jose Sharks, massive leader for the Dallas Stars. But seeing that post-game press conference, he was broken up doesn't even begin to describe it. Joe Pavelski was absolutely 100%. I mean, he he was devastated from what he saw. Thinking back to what had happened to him a couple of years back in the postseason when he was in that position, knowing that his teammates rally around him and seeing that happen again. You know, it's traumatic to see that happen to anybody. I'm sure it's even more traumatic when it's happened to you and you see it happen to somebody else. You know what they're going through. You know the position they're in. And Joe Pavelski outlined that perfectly in his postgame press conference. Here's some of the words from Joe Pavelski on Saturday evening following the game. I've been there before. My teammates rallied around me that night. You know, there's flashes back there. I don't know. Tanner's, he's awesome. He's soft-spoken, but he shows up and works hard. You know, he doesn't miss a day. When it's when he gets called on to play, he shows up, he makes great plays, he plays hard. He's, he's a great teammate. It's, it's just... We've heard he's doing all right, you know. Um, you know, so that that wins definitely for him. But you know, you just say a prayer for a speedy recovery. But it sucks. That stars forward Joe Pavelski reacting to the hit on Tanner Caro, reminding him of a hit that he took several years back. I mean, there's no other words to really describe it but that. Absolutely, you just hope that that gets taken out of the game. And I think for the most part, the NHL has started to work towards solutions to protecting players' heads and lowering the amount of head injuries. But seeing this happen this frequently in this short period of time, it's something that clearly the NHL has some more work to do. I'm going to take a quick break. When I return, we're going to begin breaking down 
the longest winning streaks in the National Hockey League currently. There's four teams that have a five-game or more winning streak currently in the NHL. We'll go through every single one of them after the break. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on all the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets if they score. If they score, you score with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. I already mentioned this several times on the show, at least twice on this show, this episode, that four teams currently in the National Hockey League have a winning streak active going of five games or more. We're going to break down all four of those, two in this segment, two in the final segment, and I want to start off with the two teams that have the longest winning streak. They're tied right now for the longest winning streak active in the National Hockey League. First and foremost, the team that has gotten there first, the Nashville Predators. Let's talk about the Preds. They're currently, because of this seven-game win streak, sitting in second place in the Central Division. What a weird division the Central is. I mean, you look at it, and you have so many different teams that have played in top spots this far into the season. Right now, of course, they're only trailing the Minnesota Wild, but only by one point. The top four teams are all within four points. The top five teams are all within seven. It's a division where we've seen teams play extremely well, and then we've seen teams also play extremely poorly. All of these teams, minus maybe the Minnesota Wild, have had stretches where you looked at them and you're like, that's what we expected. You know, that's what we expected from the St. Louis Blues. That's what we expected a little bit more of the Winnipeg Jets. And then we have some unexpected performances. Colorado started the season. Didn't see that coming. Minnesota's start to the season. We didn't see. I mean, we knew they were going to be a good team. Didn't think they were going to be this good. But Nashville, that's the biggest surprise of that entire division right now. Them sitting in second place at 19-10-1 on this seven-game heater. To make it even more impressive when you look at it, they've been dealing with COVID. They're one of the seven teams. They got shut down because too many of their players and coaches and staff all caught COVID. It was not a contained spread. And they played a couple of this these seven games dealing with that, with a couple of players out. They're shut down until after Christmas. So their winning streak is safe until uh, after Christmas break. We look at the wins that they've had in this streak, starting 
way back early in the month, 4-3 win versus Montreal. And then they had an undefeated road trip on the East Coast. 5-2 win over Detroit. 4-3 win at New York, the Islanders. 3-2 win at New Jersey. 1-0 win at the New York Rangers. A 5-2 win at home against Colorado, which is probably the most impressive of these wins because Colorado was on a win streak of their own. I believe it was five games whenever the National Predators were able to win. That was a home game, but that's a huge game. Inner division could be a, a rival, could be a potential playoff matchup. That's a huge win there for the National Predators. And the last of this seven-game streak as of right now is a 3-2 to two overtime win against the Chicago Blackhawks in Chicago. So they've had a really good stretch. They really have. I mean, UC Soros is chief among the reasons why they've been so good. Because this is a team that, when I looked at it at the beginning of the season, I still look at this team, I, I say, I don't know why they're playing so well. I mean, Ryan Johansson is one of the players that has missed time, but Ryan Johansson's had a pretty good season. Roman Yossi, I mean, what can you say about this guy? He's the captain of this team. He gets them playing the way that they're playing right now. And he produces offensively and is a great defensive defenseman. If you look at just this seven-game win streak, Roman Yossi has three goals and nine points. Anytime a defenseman is over a point a game, he's playing on an amazing level. And that's just the way Roman Yossi has been playing the last several years. I mean, tack on the fact that he won the Norris Trophy a couple seasons ago, he is one of the NHL's best defensemen. And he's leading this team right now to being overachievers. Don't lie. Even if you're a Nashville fan, don't lie. Second place in this division is overachieving. But as of right now, we're at the Christmas break, riding a seven-game winning streak, they're going to be in second place in that division. That's crazy. And I already talked about the fact that chief among the reasons why this team has been so good is UC Soros. During this streak, not to mention the fact that he's had a really good season and people are already talking about him being in the Vezina conversation. UC Soros is 5-0-0 this year. Or not this year, sorry. During this streak, he is 5-0-0, has a 9.31 save percentage, 1.8 goals allowed average, and he was the goaltender of record for that shutout at Madison Square Garden a week ago. When you look at all these teams, three out of the four of them have been riding a really hot goaltender. UC Soros has been that guy for Nashville. I mean, let me pull up his stats for the entire season. I don't have it in my rundown here, but it's easy enough to get. But when people say that he should be considered for the Vezina, it's not a it's not far off. On the season he's 15-8-1, 2.22 goals allowed average, a 9.24 save percentage, and I believe trying to find it here. Well, they don't have uh, shutouts. But, oh well. He has great numbers. Near the top of the league and everything. So when I look at the National Predators, is this sustainable? Is is it the hot streak that's putting them where they're at now? Or is this team just that good and they've been able to put together this little streak? I have to tend to lean. I still look at that roster. And I hate to be a Debbie Downer, but I still look at that roster and I have to think, you know, in that division, we talked in the first segment about Paul Maurice leaving Winnipeg. What are they going to do? 
We talked about the fact that a little bit that Colorado has struggled to start the season, but they're starting to turn it around. We're, we need to mention the fact that the St. Louis Blues were one of the best teams in October, one of the best teams in November, and have now dealt with really bad COVID issues. I mean, look at who's in net. Jordan Bennington has missed a lot of time now. Vili Husso, who's their backup, has missed a lot of time now. They're they're down to their fourth-string goaltenders some nights. I think there's and, – and Minnesota is also very good. I think when I look at all these teams, Nashville is below all of them. I think Nashville has surprised me. They're much better than I expected them to be. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they made a playoff spot, if they made a wild card spot. But do I think they are second place in the central material? I really don't. You know, I like their goaltender, and Soros has had a great year. I like their number one defenseman, Roman Yossi. He's going to be in, in the Norris conversation at least whenever I make my picks. But I look at the rest of that D. Ekholm, okay, fine. The rest of that D... They do a decent enough job. But specifically, I look at their offense and I'm like, where's the offense coming from? Right? I mean, Ryan Johansson has played really well this year. Better than we've seen Ryan Johansson play in a while. Philip Forsberg, when he came off of injury, he was flying, but he's starting to regress to the mean once again. It's just a team that, how, how much can you rely on a Colton Sissons, on a Luke Cunning, you know, I don't know if it's there to do it for the full season. So when I look at each of these teams, that's what I'm going to say. Do I think this is is indicative of what who they are, or do I think it's just a hot streak? I think it might just be a hot streak for the Predators. They're better than I expected, but I would say it's probably just a hot streak. The other team that has won seven games in a row, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Clearly, I have an eye on the Penguins a little bit more than I have an eye on any of these other teams because I cover the Penguins for this network on the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. They've won seven games in a row. That has moved them up into fourth place in the Metropolitan Division, solidly sitting in the first wildcard spot in the Eastern Conference. You look at their wins. Four of the seven wins are on the road, so they've kind of balanced out a little bit. It started December 4th at Vancouver, a 4-1 win. Then they got a 6-1 win at Seattle and a 4-2 win at Washington. Those three games, the Penguins were playing some of the best hockey you've ever seen the Penguins play this season. Not to mention the fact that In that Seattle game, they lost Jake Gensel. Already down Evgeny Malkin, already down Brian Rust, two top six guys. They lose Jake Gensel, who was in that Seattle game. He he scored, what, two goals and an assist in that game, even with the injured hand. So now he's out. But they've continued to go on to win four more games. A one to nothing at home against Anaheim. Five to two win at home against Montreal. Three to two overtime win against Buffalo. And then they squeaked out a three to two win on Sunday night at New Jersey. As time has gone on here, you see the 3-2 overtime win against Buffalo. You see the 3-2 win against New Jersey. They're not particularly great performances, but good teams figure out ways to win bad games. And that's what they've been able to do. Do I think the Penguins are a good team? Yeah. Are the Penguins better than I expected? No. No, I expected them to be around fourth place in the Metropolitan Division. If you look at their last month or so, this is a seven-game win streak. Prior to this, they had a three-game losing streak. That was right after another five-game win streak. So you look at them, they're a little streaky. Do we need to see a little bit more consistency from the Penguins? I think we do. Do we need to see what they look like at full health if they ever get there? I think we do. But you look at the way they've been doing it, it's kind of by committee. Yeah, Sidney Crosby has been actually really good, underratedly good, since coming back from the COVID list. 
if you look during this stretch, he has two goals and 10 points in seven games play. So he's quietly playing extremely well. <laughs> he's quietly doing a Sidney Crosby thing. He's not putting the puck in the back of the net, but he's getting a lot of helpers and he's playing a really good style of play. Evan Rodriguez is another reason why they've been really good. He's starting to garner national attention. Seven points in the last seven games. If he's a point-per-game player, the Pittsburgh Penguins are in Nirvana right now. I mean, if Evan Rodriguez can play at a point-per-game pace, which is not going to, but he is during this streak, and it's really good for them. He has a really good shot, and he's been unleashing it this season more than he has in the past. And then, similar to Nashville, the Pittsburgh Penguins have enjoyed very good goaltending from their starter, Tristan Jari. So much so that he is even getting into Vesna conversations in the middle of December. 5-0-0 during this stretch. 9.27 save percentage. 1.80 goals allowed average. Oh yeah. Him and Soros have basically been the same goaltender. They've basically done the same things during these stretches. The only difference is Soros has a shutout. Tristan Jari doesn't have one of those. His backup, Casey DeSmith, does during this winning streak. It's that one nothing win against Anaheim. But I would venture a guess that the Pittsburgh Penguins are more likely to keep this up than the Nashville Predators. Why? Look at who the Penguins have out. I mean, they're, they're starting, they're, not they're starting, their fourth line center right now is Sam Lafferty. He is below NHL caliber. You get Brian Boyle back. I know that's not a huge piece, but you get Evgeny Malkin back here in the next two weeks. You get Jake Gensel back in the next two weeks. He was one of the hottest players in the National Hockey League when he went out. And you get Brian Rust, who's had a bad season. But he has all the intangibles, and maybe you hook him up with Evgeny Malkin, and he starts to go off. He's a streaky type of player. I think the Pittsburgh Penguins are more likely to keep this up than the Nashville Predators. But with that said, I still think they're the fourth best team in the Metropolitan Division. They're, they're basically right where they should be right now in fourth. They're catching up to the first couple teams. They're catching up to Carolina. They're catching up to New York. They're catching up to Washington. But do I think they're better than any of those teams? Not currently. Maybe into the future, but not currently. I'm going to take another quick break. When I return, we're going to finish this episode up by talking about the other two teams that have an active win streak of five games or more. We'll be right back here on the Hockey Hotbed. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. Welcome back to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THPN when you visit the DraftKings Sportsbook app for great odds and opportunities. If you follow me on social media and you see the episode alert, at least on Twitter, at Hockey Hotbed Pod, you will see underneath it the first comment is me again with a link to the DraftKings sign-up sheet and a reminder to use promo code THPN for great odds and opportunities so if you ever need to know how to get it set up it's right there on my twitter page at hockey hotbed pod also we do have a facebook page it's been about a week now we have a facebook page so make sure you like our facebook page at the hockey hotbed podcast right there on facebook well let's continue our discussion about teams with winning streaks and, and whether or not this is their identity or this is just a flash in the pan we talked about the predators seven game winning streak I think it might be a little bit of a flash in the pan. They might make a playoff spot still. I don't 
I don't, it hasn't changed my opinion that much. The Pittsburgh Penguins seven game winning streak. I think they, that's sort of the traje- trajectory. I mean, nobody has a trajectory of winning seven out of every 10 games. Nobody wins, has a 700 win percentage in the NHL, but I think this is more so of what we should expect to see from the Penguins in the second half of the season. But let's talk about the other two teams currently on a six game winning streak. A very, very interesting discussion to be had about the Vancouver Canucks. That six games, of course, coincides with the firing of Travis Green and the hiring of Bruce Boudreau. We've talked about the Canucks a little bit here. I want to get my buddy Dylan Kayser of the BC Hockey Podcast on here to talk a little bit more about the Canucks. He covers the Canucks for the Hockey Podcast Network. He's also one of the chief executive producers of the Hockey Podcast Network. So we got to get him on to talk. We got to get a lot more guests on. After the new year, that is something you can expect from the Hockey Hotbed. We're going to get a lot more guests on. My schedule is going to get a little bit easier to maneuver interviews. So we'll get more guests on from there. But talking about the Canucks, six-game win streak, and they've only moved up to seventh place in the Pacific. That shows you just basically how bad this team was under Travis Green and Jim Benning early in this season. They clearly needed a change. And bringing in a guy like Bruce Boudreau, who is a regular season savant behind the bench, you get instant results. 6-0-0 in six games. Amazing. And you still only move up to 7th Pacific, but if you look at where they're at now, you look at the proximity they have to teams like the LA Kings, to teams like the San Jose Sharks, that's where you need to be. They've made the move to become a competitive team in this le- in this season. They've also separated themselves from the Seattle Kraken. You look at those six games. Started with a 4 to nothing win at home against the LA Kings, division rival. It's a good win. Then they had back-to-back shootout wins at home. One against Boston in a 2-1 to game, and one against Winnipeg in a 4-3 to game. Then they continued it with a 2-1 to win at home against the Carolina Hurricanes, beating one of the teams at the top of the NHL standings. That's going to that's gonna wake some people up. It's going to make some people pay attention. And then in the signature win of this win streak as of right now, a 4-3 to victory at home over the Columbus Blue Jackets, who are starting to fall off after a hot start. But the Blue Jackets were up 3 to nothing in that game. And the Vancouver Canucks came back to score four unanswered and win this, not only just win it, but win it in regulation. And then, of course, capping it off with the only road game in the Bruce Boudreau era in Vancouver, a 5-2 to win at the San Jose Sharks. Whenever Boudreau was hired, the big thing everybody said was, hey, what's he going to do? He's going to give the top-tier players on this team the opportunity to be top-tier players. They're gonna, he's going to give the scorers chances to score goals. He's going to let them play freely, not bog them down with defensive schemes or stuff other than that. He's going to let them play, and he's going to let them be a high-scoring team, which is what we've wanted from the Vancouver Canucks all this time. Do I think they need better defense? Yeah. Do I think they need a better penalty kill? Well, yeah, you don't want to have the 32nd ranked penalty kill in the National Hockey League. But their stars and their top players are starting to play like it. It's starting to look like what the Vancouver Canucks should look like. Starting to match what they look like on paper. Which is something that we've said they haven't been able to do the past two, maybe three seasons. Another big reason why they're winning games. Thatcher Demko is the real deal. He is the starting goaltender. He has finally came in 
and he has finally taken that role on full steam ahead. During this six-game win streak, he's played five of those six games. 5-0-0. A 9.59 save percentage. 1.40 goals allowed average and a shutout. Ungodly numbers from Thatcher Demko since Bruce Boudreau took over this team. And like we mentioned, what is Bruce going to do? He's going to let your best players be your best players. Let me run down this list of names really quickly. Most of them underachieving before this coaching change. JT Miller, he was not. Brock Besser, underachieving. Bo Horvat, underachieving. Quinn Hughes, underachieving. Connor Garland in his first year in Vancouver, underachieving. Elias Pettersson, very much underachieving. Bruce has come in and these guys haven't, listen, they haven't been world beaters, but all of them have contributed in the last six games. JT Miller, for instance, two goals, 10 points in six games. That's really good. Brock Besser, five goals. He's starting to light the lamp a lot more. Seven points. Bo Horvat, the captain, three goals for six points. So a point a game. That's three of your best players at a point a game since Bruce Boudreau took over. Okay. There's other guys down there. Oh, sorry. Make it four players. Quinn Hughes has six assists. Doesn't Hasn't scored a goal, but he's a defenseman. So six assists is pretty good. Connor Garland, two goals and four points. Elias Pettersson, two goals and four points. And just in general, Elias Pettersson has looked a lot better. So the Vancouver Canucks enjoying a very, very nice turnaround since switching everything up. We'll see what happens there. This might be a team that, I mean, you look at the first two months of the season, everybody said, you yeah, know, they're going to sell, sell, sell. JT Miller, where's he going to go? That's going to be the biggest piece. Well, now they're winning games. They're catching up to everybody else. They're, they're not so far behind the pack that they can't see a playoff spot. Now, there's still a lot of work to be done. There's still a lot of people that are doubting them. There's still a lot of people that are going to say, you know what, that they can get up there. There's just a lot of teams ahead of them. They got to keep this up. This is obviously at 100%, 150% of what their capabilities are. They're going to come back down to, to real life sooner rather than later. Well, I say, when you've been underachieving for as long as you have in your Vancouver and you start to finally meet those expectations, who says they're going to come back down to real life? Who says they're going to slow down? Who says they're going to go on a losing streak or at least be under 500 the rest of the season? They have the goaltender. They have the top-tier talent. They need a little bit better defense. I already mentioned that. They need to, to protect Thatcher Demko a little bit more. They need to probably get up to like 20th or 19th in the NHL and penalty kill where they're at you know, 32nd right now with a 67% kill. They need to figure that out. But if they're able to do that a little bit, they're only six points out of a wild card spot right now. There are several teams they need to pass, but only six points. I'm going to put my foot down on it now, actually. The Vancouver Canucks, timestamp this, I guess. The Vancouver Canucks, this is not a flash in the pan because Bruce Boudreaux took over. I don't know how far they're going to go when they get there, but the Vancouver Canucks are making the postseason. You can cash that ticket in April that I just gave you because I think it's money. And I might look stupid for this, but I really don't care. I think it's money that the Vancouver Canucks come back, get into a postseason spot. I don't think the Central Division is particularly that tough once you get outside the top three. And when I look at the Pacific Division... Yeah, Vegas is going to be really, really good. Okay. Calgary, you know, they've started to level off a little bit. Edmonton, 
They've not only leveled off, they have just dropped out of nowhere. And I'm not exactly sure how long Anaheim can keep it up. I'm impressed by them. But I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if they fell back down to earth. I don't know if it's particularly going to happen, but they might. And with that, do I think Vancouver can sneak into a wild card spot? Yeah, I do. I think they have the horses. I think they have the scoring talent. I think they have the offense. I think they have goaltending. And I think that they can improve defensively just enough to get into a postseason spot. We'll see if that's a hot take. I like, I'm, I'm excited to see the reaction to that. But uh, yeah, no, I'm going to stick with that. Vancouver makes a postseason spot. Bruce Boudreaux is a great regular season head coach. He's going to take them there. What do they do once they get there? That I don't know. That it becomes matchups and how they've looked, but I, I think they get there. I think they're a playoff team this year. Massive turnaround. Massive turnaround. The last team I'm going to talk about, and I'm not going to spend too much time on them because I feel like I've talked too much already. I'm going to talk about the Vegas Golden Knights. They've won five games in a row. They're now back to where we all always see them. First place in the Pacific Division. Not only have they won five straight, but they've won eight of their last ten games. And once again, in their fifth season, fifth? Yeah, fifth season, the Vegas Golden Knights are our top team. Someday they won't be good. It'll be weird being like, oh, the Vegas Golden Knights suck. They'll basically be with the Seattle Kraken are right now. To see Vegas in last place a decent amount of the way into the season, that's going to be a shock because we've never seen it before. Five years in the NHL, five years of greatness for the Vegas Golden Knights, and they're back again. Their wins in this win streak, starting off with a 6-4 win against Minnesota at home, that is a massive win. That is a statement win to say, you know what? We might not have been playing the best. We might not be, have the record right now, but we are a top team in this league. They did it at home. A 4-1 win at Boston. I know the Bruins have been struggling to find secondary scoring. I know the Bruins have struggled with the COVID-19 pandemic. 4-1 win in the TD Garden is impressive No way, any way you split it. 4-1 win there. 5-3 win at New Jersey. 3-2 shootout win at New York. At Madison Square Garden against the Rangers. And then a 4-3 shootout win on Sunday against the New York Islanders. That's the five games right there for the Vegas Golden Knights. It's a pretty good slate. Pretty good slate. Most of those games on the road, which is the difference between them and most of these other teams I've mentioned, is the fact that these other teams played a lot of home games. I mean, Vancouver, five of their six games at home. Pittsburgh, maybe not as much, three of their f three of their seven games at home. Oh, I guess Nashville, never mind. Other way, uh, turn that around. Nashville has only played two of their seven games at home. But uh, never mind. Ignore me. But four straight on the road for the Vegas Golden Knights. Not bad at all. This one, I know, is the biggest difference. The biggest difference here is the play of their goaltender. Obviously, Robin Leonard is a fantastic goalie. He's had a pretty good season. But in this win streak, he hasn't been spectacular. 4-0-0, obviously. But an 899 save percentage and a 2.75 goals allowed average. He hasn't been spectacular. They haven't been on a hot streak because of a hot goalie. They've been on a hot streak because they're just that damn good as a team. I think the biggest reason right now is Max Pacioretty. He's their best player right now. 10 goals, 7 assists, and 17 points in 12 games played since he returned. You look at the Vegas Golden Knights, the big story early in the season as well. They're decimated by injuries. Pacioretty's out, Stone's out, uh, White Cloud's out, Alex Tuck was out, and then they traded Alex Tuck for another injured player in Jack Eichel, who we'll get to in a minute. He's out. And they were kind of floundering around 500, around 5th, 6th, 7th place in the Pacific Division. Well, look at them now. 
They're at the top looking down at everybody else in the Pacific. Most of their guys are back. Mark Stone is. Max Patch are ready. Like we mentioned, 17 points in 12 games played since he returned. The team is 9-3 and three since Patch Ready's returned to the lineup. Jonathan Marcheseau is starting to play really, really well. Starting to score goals for them. This team's going to be really hard again. Really hard to beat. The Vegas Golden Knights, I mean, what, what can you say? Eventually, they will be bad. I just don't know when that's going to be. And also, you have to, to put in the perspective the fact that Jack Eichel has not even suited up for a practice with his teammates yet. His neck surgery, disc replacement surgery, was just over five weeks ago. So it's been a while now. He is into like deep into the recovery process. It was expected that Jack Eichel was going to miss around three months due to the surgery. We're a little over a month now. So he's still roughly seven to eight weeks out, but imagine whenever he returns to this lineup. If this team is in the lead of the Pacific Division without Jack Eichel, I can only imagine how much better they're going to get once he gets in the lineup. I am so excited to see Jack Eichel suit up for the Vegas Golden Knights and see what this team looks like once that happens. I think, you know, I had had a little bit of a hot take with taking the Vancouver Canucks to be a playoff team this year. I don't know if this is a hot take. This is probably a cold take, but I'm, I'm going to say the Vegas Golden Knights win the Pacific Division. So I have two things I got to keep track of from here on out. The fact that I said Vancouver is going to make the playoffs. I want you all as listeners to hold me to it. I'm going to hold myself to it. And the fact that the Vegas Golden Knights are going to win the Pacific Division. Keep track of that for me because I know I'll be keeping track as well. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Hockey Hotbed. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you follow me on all of the social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and make sure that you like, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and rate us five stars only. And guess what? Spotify is putting on a rating system for podcasts. So if you listen on Spotify, make sure you rate us on Spotify as well. Hopefully five stars. If not, I don't know. I don't know what else to tell you. I try my hardest, but that's going to do it for this episode. We'll see you guys on Friday. Have a good one, hockey fans. <laughs>